Tonight on the Phonetic Forum, this week in geek, because there's a lot of good geek stuff to talk about this week, next week, and coming up in the future here. And of course, my buddy Ryan Permissen is on here to talk about this, and we got a lot to talk about right after this. <laughs> George Bueller, and it's a good week in geek as we are going to talk about uh, this week here on the show. Lots of fun stuff out right now. Lots of fun stuff coming next week, and uh, you know, and further on. So all kinds of things, multitude of topics we're going to bring up here. And to help me do that, I'm going to bring on my new addition to the friends list here, my fellow serial boxer and the host of, and I quote, Mr. Ryan. Permission. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that kind intro. And thank you for having me. It's good to be here. I like the set. I like uh, what you've done with the place. I like what you've done with your man cave back there. That's All those ridiculously good looking comic book covers. I mean, man, every time I see comic books from the silver or bronze age, those covers are just so good. Yeah. That's yeah, so. pretty stuff here. Yeah, yeah. I've it's got beautiful. Re recent additions to my art yeah. here. Got the uh, the Silver Surfer uh, number four uh, reprint mm -hmm. there. Uh, there's my uh, Marvel Spotlight number five with Ghost Rider. Mm -hmm. um, and then let me tilt the camera up just slightly here. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, uh, you will see up top mm -hmm. there. Uh, mm -hmm. That is Snake Eyes. Uh, that is done by John Boy Myers and nice. signed by Mr. Myers himself. There, so even better. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, John Boy is a friend of the shop, uh, so we frequently get uh, packages from him of signed prints uh, and stuff like that. And so that was a recent addition, and I could not pass it up because it's Snake. Of course Eyes. not. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. pretty awesome too. He's kind of got like a uh, like a scarf thing or something kind of around him it looks a little tattered he's got one sword <laughs> display it's kind of hard to see the glare on there but he's got one sword sure. out and he's pulling out the other one there so he, he's ready for action but mm -hmm. yeah yeah big fan of john boy's art he's his stuff never looks boring everything's just very you know it's almost kind of got a little bit of anime influence because everything mm -hmm. is very actiony you know everything yes is very kinetic and whatnot so yeah good great 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 stuff so yeah but there's there's my uh, solo uh, Perry up here, and I uh, got uh, Bill Hood up here. So yeah, yeah, I'll go. I'll get him. I've gotten surrounded by art. It's a wall of fame. It's great. Yeah, not too bad here. Love it, sir. Uh, how are you doing, sir? 
Doing well, doing well. Uh, you're definitely correct. It seems that uh, the world of geek never wants to sleep, not even the city that never sleeps, which is known as New York City, for those of you who may be wondering what where that catchphrase come from, comes from. But yeah, no, it's exciting times, man. It really is. There's, there's so much to do, so little time. And just when you when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Yep, so it's yep. it's fun. And I see our good boy Dave Manley's here with us in the chat tonight. Good to hey, see you, Dave. Hope everything's well Dave with Manley you. saying hello. Happy to see you, sir. Yeah, hope everything's well with you. And it's National Superhero Day today, folks. It's incredible. Yeah, nice. It, it worked out well. They, 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 they know us. And, of course, uh, a more you know popular and greater national holiday is next Saturday, which is oh, yes. free comic book day. Mm-hmm. So the, the folks in the city of Louisville say it's Derby Day. They're all excited about the horse race and whatever else. It's, it's two minutes of horse racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, it's the weekend that Guardians 3 comes out, and then it's free comic book day on Saturday, So, which basically is celebrated by comic book stores around the country. Uh, so if you want more information, go to freecomicbookday.com, uh, and there's a list of everything that's being given out by shops. Uh, and it's, it's your readers from all around. You've got stuff that's for uh, adult readers. You've got stuff that's made for little kids. For the kids, uh, you, yeah. yeah you got stuff for everybody. Um, it, it's awesome because you get most time it's kind of like previews of, uh, you know, issues like you sometimes get like a, a number one issue of something like, Hey, check this book out, you know, sort of thing like that. Or for like a lot of what Marvel and DC do, they use it as a promotional angle for a lot of their big upcoming events for the summer and the fall and whatever else. So sometimes those, uh, free comic book day books, uh, get to be a little, uh, uh, pricey on the secondary market. Like hmm. uh, last year's, uh, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was uh, the first appearance of uh, Blade's daughter, uh, and you know, basically they, she, her appearance. And that book is—I'm uh, not sure what it's going for right now. I don't have the uh, stats on it, but uh, it's no longer free, and it's certainly more than a dollar. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Blade ha- Blade has a daughter. Oh my gosh! I was under the impression that Whistler's daughter. Like I remember Whistler's daughter showing up in Blade Trinity, but. Well, see, the, Whistler, uh, that character was made up for the movies, so he doesn't oh, have comics. So okay. he's had a lot of cohorts and whatnot, but uh, he's had a long time off and on girlfriend uh, for a while, and basically uh, she got pregnant and had a daughter, and wow. so um, Blade knew of her existence and financially helped out, but he kept away from them and kept them hidden, so... Basically, they could have a normal life, and the vampires didn't know about Blade's family because that's instant target. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, the last thing you want is Deacon Frost showing up to your front door. Yeah, funny you should say that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, there is a series out right now uh, called uh, Bloodline: Daughter of Blade. Uh, It's uh, three issues deep right now. Nice. Uh, But yeah, but uh, the third issue, we finally get the long-awaited father-daughter meeting. So. Uh, Blade knew about his daughter, but she never knew about him. Wow. And of course, okay. uh, as, she's getting, as she's getting older, uh, her abilities uh, are starting to come out. Uh, but she's a dampier, somewhat like her dad, but a little different because basically she's half vampire, half human. Uh, mm-hmm. because, she's a hybrid. You know, yeah, she's a hybrid. So yeah. uh, mm. her powers sometimes wax and wane. So it's become a problem. I'm going to have to look this up. This sounds very intriguing. Yeah, yeah, so it's, like I said, three issues out right now, so, but yeah, Blade's got a kid. 
had no idea. <laughs> had no idea. Uh, Dave Mattingly says that uh, <laughs> it's personal. Okay. Not quite sure what you're referring to with that, Dave, but I appreciate the sentiment or the compliment. Is it a compliment? Is it a statement? I don't know. You know, it's funny because I started watching Jaws the Revenge because uh, I had never seen it. I've only seen bits and pieces of it. And after the first 10 minutes, I realized there's a shark attacking people in the dead of winter mm-hmm. at Amity Island. And he mm-hmm. bites off her son's like arm or whatever, and he dies. And I'm just thinking to myself, no, I can suspend disbelief to a point. But that first 10 minutes where the guy dies when he's, you know, like, you know, looking out at the buoy because the buoy's like, you know, cockeyed and needs to be straight. He was mm-hmm. fixing something that was attached to the buoy. Yeah. And I'm just. This is no wonder this has a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Now I understand why. But it's one of those. This is definitely Jaws Four. Is one of those like uh, you know love to hate it sort of things. So yeah, I I, I fall on the uh, I know it's bad, but I still find enjoyment in it because I like uh, bad movies like that. Hey, I you know I I mean I know this isn't going to win any Oscars, but I actually I'm okay with Jaws Three. Because it's a continuation of Brody's kids and their story, and them growing yeah. up and moving on with their lives. Like Dennis Quaid plays the kid, plays you know the boy who's now all grown up. But the mm-hmm. funny thing was, I didn't know she was in this movie, but Leah Thompson is in this. Yeah, she's in Jaws three. I'm thinking about that. man. She was everywhere in the '80s, bro. She was oh, in yeah, like every no movie, even the bad ones. No, I don't think Jaws is necessarily like Jaws three is nowhere near as bad as Jaws four, but. I would, you know. I, would put, I would actually put that reverse because Jaws three still relies so heavily the three D on the three D. Yeah, and, yeah. And, that was a problem. And basically, it doesn't translate today because they don't have a three D version available. It was just in in cinemas. They oh never right, released, yeah. Like, they've never released one like on VHS or DVD or anything Blu-ray. like that. Blu ray. No, yeah, nothing. So they never did it. i know hot take guys i know but i actually enjoyed jaws 3 to a point so there's your hot take of the night i yeah there's all kinds of people who enjoy movies you're like oh my god why would you enjoy that you know but you know hey leah thompson's in it and she is gorgeous in that i mean she's gorgeous in any movie she's but like in the 80s in her prime like Yeah. yeah she was quite beautiful even in jaws 3 take a look yeah, yeah, Dennis Quaid was in there. Wasn't Louis Gossett Jr. in there? Yeah, he plays the owner, like the owner of the 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 park or uh, the facility. Or facility. Yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. theme park. It was a theme park. Yeah, oh, underwater kingdom. I want to say was it underwater uh, kingdom? I it was one so, of the yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. It's been years since I've seen the third one. Uh, I usually like it's one and two. I'll see because they play would play constantly, or one I'll just you know watch because it's art. It's the OG. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, there's, you know uh, every now and then I'll get, you know, do, you know, four as well and whatnot. So, but, yeah. Uh, and Dave Magley had a comment. We were talking about Blade earlier. He says, Dave still uh, said, I still have to laugh about Blade's new living scarf, the boy thing. Yes. There is a, a, a literal piece of man thing that is also sentient. And he's kind of like a, like a little kid version of man thing that he calls boy thing. And he hangs out with Blade and usually like hangs out on his shoulder and whatnot. That's so, weird. yeah. He comes in handy because he's still a man thing, you know. Whatever knows fear burns the touch of the man thing. So you know, yeah. you get some attachment to the green or whatever else. So maybe you know, there you go. Okay, oh, a, a true tiger was even good. Leah Thompson was even good in Howard the Duck. Yes, he was the least problematic thing in Howard the Duck. I refuse to watch that movie. Don't do watch it. Watch it. No, there, there no. Are bad, there are bad movies. 
that you have to experience um, at least once in your life. There are, there are, there are a long list of them. If, it may, if it's any consolation, I have seen the Leah Thompson <clears throat> parts of that movie, so that's enough for me. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's 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 terrible. Uh, you should check it out. So I first Marvel I, I, movie, I first Marvel movie they ever made, which is terrible. Movie, not TV series. I'm talking about strictly like I heard the first Marvel movie was in fact Howard the Duck, not counting yeah, the TV yeah. series. Yeah, because there was TV movies. You had you know Spider Man. You had Captain you had the Incredible Man, Hulk. Yeah, you Hulk. Yeah, you had Bill but Bixby. Yeah. 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 Theatrically. Yeah. You're right. Howard the Duck. Cause first a, a one. Year, yeah. A year later was the Punisher movie with Dolph Lundgren. That's right. Yeah. That's, I haven't seen that iteration of the Punisher. I've only seen the Thomas Jane and the Ray Stevenson. <sighs> yeah, what was the other one? John Bernthal. John Bernthal. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He hasn't, well, he hasn't been in the movies just yet, but well, I've, but I've seen his work You know, I've seen yeah. parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, Bernthal's coming back as we'll see him in Thunderbolts, I think. Uh, and we'll definitely, we are definitely seeing him in the Daredevil Born Again series. Oh, so, I can't believe yeah. they're doing that. That's one of the biggest titles in comic history is Born Again. I don't know if they're going to do exactly the storyline, but or if they're just using it as a title of basically this is kind of the, the Disney reboot. Very loose, loose adaptation. Yeah, uh, because as of right now, Karen Page and Foggy Nelson aren't in the show. Oh, um, the two actors uh, was it okay. Deborah Rupp and I can't remember the dude that plays Foggy. Oh, that was um, oh, what was you're killing me here. Uh, something something Ratliff, Devin Ratliff, yeah. is that a name? Uh, something yeah. like Maybe, that. Uh, yeah, those two aren't back in the show as of right now, and a lot of fans are crying foul of that one, which I mm. agree. Yeah, um, they're very important like, parts of the story. Yeah. Yeah, well, of course, I mean, they're they're great side characters, and mm-hmm. what superhero doesn't work without having good side characters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, whether it's a sidekick or whether they were it's good. A, a guy in a van or you know, significant other or whatever else, there's tons of them. So. I actually, I actually have a Daredevil uh, metal bookmark with uh, Charlie Cox's iteration of Daredevil on it. Ooh, sweet! Yeah, I should show that to you sometime. It's a good bookmark. It's a metal bookmark. It's really, really good. Excellent. Uh, Dave Manley says Dolph is still his favorite. Wow, I've not seen the movie yet, Dave, so I can't comment. Like I said, with that long sigh I gave there, um, I was initially excited as a kid when the Punisher movie came out. I loved right. Dolph Lundgren back in the day. He's like I of my action heroes. He was probably, I guess, my third favorite behind Schwarzenegger than you mm-hmm. know than Dolph because I've seen mm-hmm. a ton of Dolph's movies. Um, and of course, I got a lot of respect for the guy because he's like super smart, knows a lot of languages, has doctors, does. all that kind of jazz. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's a very talented, super smart dude. Anywho. Um, so I was initially excited about the Punisher movie. Then I saw it. So there's still, he's a cop. He's still Frank Castle. His family okay. is still murdered. Mm-hmm. And he's on a revenge trip against them. Um, the only time you see the skulls are on these throwing knives he uses frequently. Oh. In the comic adaptation, there's a scene at the towards the end of the big fight where he throws on a flak jacket and paints a skull on it, but you don't see that scene in the cut in the actual full, full cut of the movie. Which I don't know why, because you see him in the flak jacket, but you can kind of barely see the skull on there. But so that's the only time he ever dons the skull. But yeah, and he hangs out in the sewers uh, when he's not out killing bad guys. He's got like a little you know little little crib in the sewers. But so it's problematic. Um, but it's interesting. Okay. 
Yeah, so I guess, so I guess, in, so I guess, in other words, outside of the Punisher movie, hey, ladies and gentlemen, you're better off watching the Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrigno, Incredible Hulk series. Because I just, we'll talk about this later, but that was one of my most uh, recent things of uh, this week in today's loot. You know. Yes, yeah, so. actually, let's talk about our loot here. Well, and, and I will let uh, our our guest go first here. I've got uh, a number of images because you picked up a bunch of DVDs recently. I did. It's crazy, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So let's start with your Van Dam uh, uh, picks. Here. So we've got a quadruple featurette of Hard Target, <laughs> yes. Time Cop, Street Fighter, and The Quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can discuss all four of these films. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> uh, time, uh, Time Cop is my favorite of the four, I would say. Nice. Least favorite of the four, definitely Street Fighter. Oh, really? Wow, because it's funny. So the reason I bought this, I already had Street Fighter on Blu-ray because Mm -hmm. the DVD version of the movie, the widescreen isn't, uh, what is it called, not uh, adaptable for 16 by 9 television. So it's like a smaller picture. You get the the black, but but the picture is like, yeah, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's not formatted for 16 by 9 television. So it's not the best widescreen version of the film. The Blu-ray is much better. But hey, it never hurts to have an extra copy of Street Fighter. So here it is for me. I bought this because I mainly wanted to see Hard Target because I've I've sure. seen clips of it. And the reason I wanted to see Hard Target was because Yancey Butler, who went on to play the comic book character Witchblade on the TNT television series, yep. plays the damsel in distress in this movie. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so I watched Hard Target the other day. And this was the first time I'm watching this, just to give everyone some context here. And it was John Woo-directed film. And I think this was either John Woo's directorial debut or was definitely one of his first films, because you can tell. You can definitely uh, this tell. Was, this was his first American film. Okay, well, then there you go. This was his North American debut. So yes. I watched this movie. It is brutally violent. Mm-hmm. It is explosions galore. It is gunfights galore. And you got a great cast with not only Van Damme in the lead, but you got Yancey Butler, who went on to play Witchblade in the TNT uh, series, which, by the way, that's a, that was a good TV series, too. It's a shame it got canceled after two years. But... Uh, what's his face? Arnold Vosloo plays one of the antagonists in this, yep. and he played the Mummy Emotep and the Mummy remakes with Brendan Fraser, and also Lance Henriksen. Oh my gosh, this guy is nuts. He's a he's everywhere. He yep. is a bad guy of bad guys. Like he just when he kills somebody, he kills somebody. Like he lays <laughs> into it. Basically, what I'm trying to say is this movie has fun with what it's doing. It knows yeah. it's having fun, right? And by the way, one thing I noticed about this John Woo film, I just did a lot of doves, right? A lot of pigeons, right? There were a lot of pigeons. Yep. Yep. And there was a lot of slow-mo sequences in this movie too. Mm-hmm. So when Van Damme goes to lay into somebody, he punches them, but it goes kind of slow. And then he does the spin kicks, but it's all good. Like it's good. But it's slow. Like, the slow-mo's a little too... But other than that, I enjoyed the movie. I think it's a fun ride. If you're looking for one of the better Van Damme movies, at least from my standpoint, I know that's open to interpretation, George. I know. Hard Target's one of the better ones. I actually love Street Fighter. I grew up watching that on repeat over and over again, and I love it to pieces. So I have no shame in that. My other problem is Time Cop is good, but after watching the first 10 or so minutes of the quest, I was like, I can't suspend my disbelief anymore. I can't do it. And he yeah, directed it too. That was Van Damme's directorial debut in the Quest, and I'm and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this is terrible. Well, and also it's one of Roger Moore's last films, and yes. it's not it's not a great performance. No, it's, it's not. It's kind of ill. You know, he was in ill health. Oh, so okay. It's a, it's a little sad. Um, 
going back to hard target, so to give you a little bit of uh, framing here on this one, so uh, John Woo basically made his name in Hong Kong yes. uh, as basically kind of one of the, purve the purveyors of the late 90s style of action films that we knew in America. He basically invented all like the two-gun stuff, the, the very dramatic slow-mo stuff. He loved using doves oh. in scenes. Uh, that oh, yeah. Basically dugs. Doves are kind of a symbol of life and death. So, like, right before a big fight, big showdown, there you see the doves. Uh, so, he had films like The Killer, Hard Boiled, A Better Tomorrow. Oh. Uh, these are all classics of action cinema, period. I don't, not even just Hong Kong cinema, just okay. action cinema, period. Actually, A Better Tomorrow is good, but A Better Tomorrow 2 is better. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, because basically Chow Yun-Fat was kind of like his big star he used. And, of course, mm -hmm. you will see him again in The Replacement Killers, which mm -hmm. The Replacement Killers was his American film debut mm -hmm. for Chow Yun-Fat. Uh, mm. a, a lot of debuts being discussed here. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into The Replacement Killers in a second here. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, so he um, – uh, Chow Yun-Fat was his guy, and Chow is in all – he's in uh, uh, one of the main guys in mm -hmm. um, The Killers – uh, the main dude in Hard Boiled, and he's in A Better Tomorrow, but he's not in it for very long. But then, for whatever reason, he plays a different character, and he's in all of Part Two. Mm -hmm. So, and again, if so, if you're a big Cheyenne Fat fan, Part Two for A Better Tomorrow is better. Um, <laughs> part Two, yeah, uh, none, yeah, but nonetheless, um, yeah, these are classics <laughs> of Hong Kong cinema here, uh, and yeah, John Woo was just kind of bringing this pedigree that, you know. Foreign film fans, action fans knew who he was already, and so everybody was kind of like, "Oh, you're going to do a Van Damme flick?" Okay, so it was got had mixed reactions initially. I think audiences kind of softened on it over the years, but there was a lot basically like when you're coming from you know into American cinema and your pedigree mm -hmm. is the killers or the killer, and it's like, dude, I mean, you you can't top that. So it's mm -hmm. kind of you know. So again, but he you know uh, what was it? Um, uh, well, later on, he had Face Off, which that's a great film. Uh, I have it. I have it on DVD. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Broken Arrow uh, was another one he had. So. Oh, Travolta and Christian Slater. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, but yeah, Face Off was kind of his piece de resistance for American cinema. Oh, that um, film is crazy, but good. Yeah. That's, so that's good. That's the fun of his stuff. But yeah. yeah and, and Hard Target, there were a lot of two gun uh, sequences that took place in that movie. So, so yeah. thank you for explaining that. But yeah, Hard Target's a fun movie. So if you haven't seen it, give it a watch and then watch Time Cop yeah. because those are good too. So yeah. And he has a great mullet in both Time Cop and Hard Target. Yeah, dude, he grew out that mullet for Hard Target a little bit more so than he did in Time Cop. But yeah. yeah he trimmed it for Time Cop because it was, it was a little bit later on. It was like 20 ah, years later. But, okay. but yeah, I don't, I don't know whether that was a wig or if that was his hair, but yeah, he had some luscious locks. But let me talk to a southern boy in Hard Target anyway. Yeah. Though he, though he yeah. still has a French, he still has his French accent or Belgian accent, but nonetheless, he, he he's a he he yeehaw and we and such. <laughs> uh, and then you had another Van Damme film you picked up here. Yeah. Sudden death. 
Yeah, th I've seen this before, but I picked it. It's funny, though, because I picked this up as a two disc. Uh, it came with Sudden Death and another copy of Hard Target because the disc that I found that contained, uh, what was it, Hard Target in that four disc or four the quadruple pack that I showed you earlier mm -hmm. was a bit scratched. And I wasn't sure if it was going to work or not. So I bought an extra copy just in case, you know, something were to go wrong. But anyway, it included Sudden Death in the two pack, which was Sudden Death and Hard Target. So Sudden Death, I've seen it before. It's fine. I don't love it as much as other Van Damme films, but it, it's fine. It's, it's Die Hard at a hockey game. It's literally Die Hard at a hockey game. Totally, yeah. And also, you got the late, great uh, Powers Booth playing the antagonist, and he's one of the best character actors in the business. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Powers is great. Yeah. yeah. I will forever love uh, Red Dawn, so. Ooh, Red Dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and Dave Mangley's chiming in saying that Broken Arrow is his favorite John Woo film. Really? I have yet to see that one. I've seen the poster, but I've never seen the movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it, here's the funny thing, too, is that uh, you will recognize the uh, Hans Zimmer score mm -hmm. uh, in uh, Broken Arrow because Broken Arrow, it's yeah. been used in a lot of other films, including some of the Scream movies. Really? Yes. Huh. There's a couple of uh, parts of the score where it's like... I that's from Broken Arrow. I'm that's not like familiar. The, like, like the first, like it's in, I think maybe Scream 2. Really? But it's been used in a lot of other films. But yeah, it's like, but hmm. it's a little bit of kind of like a westerny kind of sound. It's like a, you know, a little, little thing like that. A little early Hans Zimmer stuff here. But yeah, it's like, that's, that's from Broken Arrow. It's like, no kidding. Okay. <laughs> that doth happen sometimes. Uh, but, <laughs> Uh, of your movie picks here, my favorite that you got here, The Replacement Killers, Chow Yun-Fat, Mira Silvino, and nonetheless, you got the extended cut, too. I, I've been... I, I'll be honest with you. I watched the original cut. I think it was on TV at one time, mm -hmm. and I taped it. I think it was on, like, Cinemax or HBO when we had, you know, the access to those particular channels on our cable service. Mm -hmm. And I taped it, and I watched it. I was like, you know what? This wasn't terrible. I mean, granted, it's not as great as other films that are in this somewhat format or somewhat style, but at the same time, yeah. it, it was Antoine Fuqua, you know? I mm -hmm. think it was one of his uh, first films, so yeah, if not his directorial really, yeah. debut. So I'm thinking to myself, you know what? This isn't bad. This isn't terrible. So I enjoy But then when I learned that there was an extended cut on on online, I thought, oh, if there's an extended cut. I got to see this. So when I went to the – and by the way, I'm wearing the shirt that represents the store that I went to. McKay's here in the great state of North Carolina. Yeah, here it is. Right here. Yeah, you see that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, McKay's. If you're ever in North Carolina or Tennessee, thank you so much. Yeah. Wardrobe, uh, not malfunction, but wardrobe functioning. This is a T-shirt. So McKay's is located in North Carolina and uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. They have three stores in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So I found this at McKay's during my, like I said, this comes along with all the other DVDs I got this week. McKay's is great. Hashtag always support your uh, bookstores out there mm -hmm. your local ones anyway and your local comic shops too so i when i found this it was in a blockbuster video blu-ray you know clamshell you know those blockbuster oh, yeah. yeah i found it and it was like for 2.99 i'm thinking to myself it's the extended cut it's high definition blu-ray and i've been wanting to see this cut for quite some time so you're darn right i'm gonna buy this it's the only copy they got so I look forward to watching the extended cut. I have not seen it yet, but this is something that I picked up earlier this week, and I'm very happy that I did because the movie does have its fair share of good moments, especially when Mira Sorvino and Chai and Fat are in the same scene and they're playing off each other with their different, you know, their yeah, different accents yeah, yeah. or their, or their yeah, different background. Chemistry, yeah. There's a bit of chemistry there, and also, you know, Mira Sorvino is an Oscar winner, so my hats off to Mira Sorvino. Good work uh, there. Uh, and by the way, Mira Sorvino, very beautiful in this movie. Let me just put it to you that way. 
Yeah. And then, you know, Chai and Fat just, you know, just cools an ice cube, you know, so. Yeah, he just yeah. goes with the flow. And when he needs to shoot somebody, he just goes with it. He just goes with totally. it. Uh, Dave Magley chiming in on Powers Booth here saying his Powers Booth film is Frailty with uh, Bill Paxton and Matthew McConaughey. Good pick, dude. Frailty is definitely an unsung film that needs to be uh, experienced by the masses. Still have not seen it. Uh, it's 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 a slow burn kind of movie, but it basically it's kind of about like a uh, a family of killers that essentially are raised by you know the father to kind of mm-hmm. be you know this sort of thing, and you know puts a little bit of a religious spin on things here too. But basically, the grown the grown sons played by Paxton McConaughey are kind of like uh, struggling with this, you know, with basically their upbringing versus you know not being murderers. Um, but yeah, so. That's messy. <laughs> yeah, if for frailty, avoid spoilers. Yes. Yeah. Because what, okay. what I gave you is definitely the the safe part. But yeah, there's some cliff there's notes. Some stuff. There's some yeah. stuff in there. So okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, so frailty's good. You, that one's another one you could probably find uh, in the five dollar bin or uh, yeah, your local either stores. either that or I think it's streaming on HBO Max, so I can go over there and watch oh, it. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll take that. Uh, let's see for your TV DVD pickups there. First season of the Hulk. Yep, with the featuring Bill Bixby and of course Lou Ferrigno as the Incredible Hulk. So I watched an episode of this in one of my film courses way back when in college, which was a long time ago, by the way. But I liked the episode. It left an impression on me. I thought, you know what? One of these days, I want to go back and re- I want to visit this because I, you know, of course I know it's of its time, but at the same time, like Bill Bixby's in it, Lou Ferrigno's in it. It looks good. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. So I picked up the first season for five bucks. On DVD, of course. This is DVD, not Blu-ray. Yeah, uh, Andre's chiming in. Uh, hey, what's up, Andre? Andre, uh, chiming in, saying that's awesome. Yeah, um, basically, uh, uh, Dave Mattingly, Andre, and I can all attest. Uh, we call this our childhood. Mm. Uh, probably all three of us can remember when this series debuted on television because it was appointment television. Because mm-hmm. uh, everybody's like, because we, we had seen some TV movies uh, for Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, at that point, before the series had actually launched, and those weren't great. Um, unless you really like Peter Parker and you don't want to see that much of Spider Man. Uh, the Captain America TV movies hadn't happened just yet. Uh, so, this was our first dish of true quality with the Marvel stuff. We'd had the Wonder Woman TV show and Linda Carter yeah. series in the 60s. Uh, but yeah, this was our first uh, dip into uh, quality television programming here for incredible hulk because this was a good show it got the got the characters right even though they kept calling they, they changed david's david name, david banner his name to, you know, david banner, banner. david yeah but, and they, well actually they called like david bruce banner so he was still bruce banner but they, i don't know why i called him david well actually there is a behind the scenes story about why they named the character david banner rather than using the original comic book character known as bruce banner because well i could say it but i don't want to um cross uh, any lines here so i'll tell you in the green room but mm. there is a reason why they use the name david banner rather than bruce banner there is a reason okay. for that all right they're just they were waiting for uh, the uh, Southern rapper David Banner to show up, and they didn't want to cross any streams there, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I can tell you in the green room. But, but yeah, I picked this up. I'm looking forward to it. And it's funny because I'm wearing a green shirt today, so I got the Hulk colors going. Yeah, and Andre brings up a great point here. David Bruce Banner also introduced us to Thor and Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Because we got our first Thors and Daredevils, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was in oh. the uh, that was after the series had wrapped, right? Wasn't those the made-for-TV movies that came after the series? Yes, the trial of the Incredible Hulk. 
That's right. Uh, that's right. That uh, Dave Mattingly's chiming in saying that one of the producers yeah. thought the name Bruce was effeminate. Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's, well, you know, that's. I, I don't know why, but they thought that. I don't know why. Producers are known to have stupid ideas. Uh, let us flash back to the Nicolas Cage Superman that almost happened, where Superman would have had no cape and a polar bear friend stupid. fighting a giant mechanical spider. Stupid. Producers have stupid ideas. Very, Some very, produ- very, very stupid. Have, yeah. Producers also have great ideas too, but there are a lot of stupid ideas out there. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you've had a little bit of uh, good fortune here because you've uh, got a uh, your first signed graded comic recently here. Yeah, well, this is actually my second one. The first one I got oh, okay. was the first one I got was Daring New Adventures of Supergirl, signed by Paul Kupperberg uh, from the '80s. The Daring New Adventures of Supergirl, and that was graded at 7.5. The one that you're seeing on your screen right now is one I just got in the mail this week. Hey, the more you know, and this <laughs> this was for my personal collection, and I took it to GalaxyCon Richmond with me. I had Howard Chaykin sign it, as you can see the signature in the bottom right hand corner of your screen, and he signed it. And then I took it over to One Stop, uh, what was it, One Stop Comic Shop, to take it in to get it graded. And and uh, you know, slabbed. You know, all the mm-hmm. processes to go through the to go through the uh, proper channels. They did, and they sent this to me in about a month. This only took like four weeks to get graded. I'm That's like, Gee. crazy. I'm like, this was super fast, like way faster than the other guys that took care of my uh, daring new adventures of Supergirl number one, signed by the incredible Paul Kupperberg, I might add, which was graded at seven point five. This is at nine point two. So as it stands, of the two comic books that are from my actual personal collection, not the ones I've bought at you know through other vendors and other means because i don't count mm-hmm. those of the two this is the highest graded comic that i own in my collection at a 9.2 with white pages and let me tell you i'm happy with that grade i'm very happy with how it looks how it presents yeah. itself and the cgc signature series and the logo and everything it's so good so yeah i got mm-hmm. this in the mail this week and it only took them like four or five weeks to get this graded which is super fast that's insane it took that it, it was because i I've been witness to, you know, seeing books that take a year to come back nope. or, you know, whatever it's else. Quick. So, I mean, yeah. So that's very fortunate. Ooh. So thank you to one stop, uh, comic shop at who are vendors at conventions, especially the galaxy con ones. If you have a galaxy con in your area, look them up. Great vendors, great people you can trust. Ah, yeah. I mean, that's again, just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course your book you're reading now here. So talk about this one here. Ma- yes. Star Wars master and apprentice. Yeah, so I'm a big, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, especially nowadays with Mandalorian kicking tail and taking names. And they just wrapped mm-hmm. up their most recent season on Disney Plus, which, by the way, is hashtag not a sponsor. So <laughs> I keep going back to McKay's and I keep buying all these books because I went online and I looked at YouTube videos that talk about you know Star Wars books for beginners. Where are good places to start? Where are people who are interested in reading books, whether they're canon or not canon, it doesn't matter. Like Where are good places to start, right? And this was one of the first books that came up, which is Master and Apprentice, written by the incredible Claudia Gray. And I had the pleasure of meeting Claudia Gray at a convention last year, and I bought Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which was also written by her. Mm-hmm. I have not read that yet, but I remember years ago reading a few chapters of this particular book that you're currently seeing on your screen. For those of you just joining us, Master and Apprentice, I really liked it, but then I had to put it down because I was focused on other things at the time. And now that I'm picking it back up now, all these years later, I'm about 14, 15 chapters in. So I'm about 150, what is it, like 140, 150 pages in. Okay. It's fantastic. I'm loving it. I am very much enjoying it. Uh, you really find out more about the relationship between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and how 
it's a bit strained. It's a bit difficult when they show up in the first film, which of the prequel trilogy, this is, or this is um, the Phantom Menace. So this gives you more of a backstory of how they came to be master and apprentice. And it also lets you in on how the relationship has evolved or how difficult or strained it's been over time. Okay, nice. So I mean, that's a yeah. beautiful painted cover there featuring oh. Qui-Gon and uh, little Obi-Wan. Yeah. This is yeah, in this book, Obi-Wan's character is 17 years old in oh, this nice. book. Yeah, I thought he was painted a little bit younger than we see him in episode 1, so. Yeah, he he yeah, is nice. young. He's very young, but it's it's a great book if you're looking to start reading uh, some Star Wars books, whether they are part of the newer canon or the Legends line, you know, the expanded universe of Legends canon, whatever it may be. Yeah, because I'm not going to start a fight here. I'm not trying to start any fights because there's different. Listen, a Star Wars book is a Star Wars book. If you enjoy it, if it's canon, that's great. If it's not canon, doesn't matter. A book is a book. A story is a story. But this one is fantastic. So if you're looking for a good place to start, like I went to Utini.com, which is a group of Star Wars like heavy duty experts, and they took all the books and they put together this must read list or you should read list. They give you like four levels of books, right? Yeah. Master and Apprentice is like in the top five. Okay. Or top six. So I'm like really happy that <laughs> I already had this book long before I went to McKay's and got it. I got that book, Master and Apprentice, at a local convention in Maryland where I was living previously. Mm-hmm. And it was in paperback, even though I prefer hardcover because it's bigger print and my eyes aren't getting any better. But <laughs> I sucked it up. I'm reading the paperback, even though it's a bit small, but it's fine. Like, it's yeah. fine. I, I I dig it, and it's Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I, I cannot wait to see the future of Star Wars. Hey, next week is Star Wars Day, ladies and gentlemen, so we have plenty of reasons to celebrate. That's right, yeah. May the 4th be with you. Uh, yes. Coming, coming right up here. So, That's exciting. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to put myself here in uh, a full view because I got some comics to show you guys here. Sure. <clears throat> this Let's is see them. St- yeah, this is new stuff this week here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so new number ones and some other ones here, but... Uh, here's the first number one here from Marvel, Darth Vader, Black, White, and Red. So this is another entry into the Black, White, and Red, or sometimes Black, White, and Blood, as it's called, uh, where you take an anthology series of popular character they've done, uh, Carnage, uh, Deadpool, Elektra, whatever else. Well, now Darth Vader is getting the Black, White, and Red treatment. So the the cool thing is because you get uh, usually like, two, three, sometimes even four stories in an issue uh, by different creative teams here. There's a, uh, a regular story that's going to happen uh, by Jason Aaron, uh, who's the writing it, and Leonard Kirk, who's the uh, author, or the, sorry, the uh, artist on it. Uh, that's going to be kind of uh, continuing in upcoming issues. Uh, but like Peach Momoko has a solo story in here. Uh, let's see, uh, Torin Grombeck, who's currently writing Thor, uh, he writes a story with Klaus Janssen, the legendary Klaus Janssen, doing the art. Uh, but the fun thing is the coloring is all black, white, and red. So, yeah, interesting stuff there. But, yeah, so very, very cool book there. Highly recommend checking that out for Star Wars fans there, especially if you love your Vader. Uh, next up here, a new alien has started up here. Of course, uh, now uh, Marvel's kind of doing their branding with 20th Century Fox, so... You're seeing this branding now on the Alien, on the Predator book, uh, and then on the Planet of the Apes, which, of course, actually both those books are worth checking out, too. But uh, this one, of course, we've had Philip Candy Johnson's been running uh, Alien for the last few volumes. Now this new volume three is being run by Declan Shalvey and uh, Andrea Ricardo. Uh, I'm not familiar with her art, but uh, like this a lot. 
Uh, you've got another terraforming group here who are not working for Wayland yutani uh, who are basically terraforming on an ice planet looking for water samples. And, well, there's stuff frozen in the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, there's, there's something in the ice. So, yeah. Lots of terrible stuff there. So, Oh, yeah, Dave Mangley also says about the Black, White, and Blood. They also did a Moon Knight Black, White, and Blood. Yes, you are correct about that. Thank you. I knew there was somebody else I was missing there. So, yeah. So, yeah. Moon Knight Black, White, and Blood also. That's worth checking out as well. Okay. From DC here, new number one, Green Arrow uh, from Josh Williamson. And uh, uh, Isaac is the artist's last name. Uh, it's a new artist I'm not familiar with. But uh, beautiful stuff here. Of course, this is... Uh, this is Brett Booth here. Uh, no, that's not not Brett. Anyway, uh, great cover here. Um, this is kind of taking off from the uh, Dark Crisis and uh, uh, Lazarus Planet storylines. So, uh, as we know, that basically Green Arrow, Oliver Queen, has been lost for whatever reason. Uh, when all the other DC guys came back, uh, for some reason he was held back by something else. We don't know what that something else is just yet, but... What it has done, though, is sort of reunited uh, the Arrow family here because Connor Hawk is back. Of course, we got Roy. There's Dinah over there. Uh, and this is the A cover, and it's a nice wraparound cover, too, because the wraparound on the back is a lot of uh, Arrow villains on the back here. But great start to number one here. I'm looking forward to the rest of the series, so highly recommend checking that one out for Green Arrow fans. Uh, for the independents here, this is issue three of Blue Book from Dark Horse Comics. Uh, this is a really cool book. Definitely, if you're a fan of uh, X-Files, alien abduction stuff, uh, this is an awesome book to check out. James Tinian IV is the writer on this one here. Um, Michael Von Oming does the art. And of course, uh, the art, much like Black, White, and Red, this is in Black, White, and Blue. Uh, but the name Blue Book is taken from the Air Force's actual accounts of people who have had alien encounters. Um, and it's basically a file they've had secret for many, many years. Some of that stuff has come to light for public knowledge, whatnot. But basically, that's where the stories are taken from. It's taken from the Blue Book file. Uh, so the first three issues, while they've had some other side stories in here, have mainly followed a couple who are on their way home from vacation, uh, driving late at night on a deserted road, and basically they got picked up by some little gray dudes here. So, yeah, really cool though. Like I said, it's in its third issue right now. Got to check that one out. And here's the big one, folks. So, this book got delayed by a couple of weeks because there was a misprint on the cover. So, there's some shops that basically they kept those and some that didn't. Uh, so, some lucky collectors actually may have had a misprinted number one. But I'm talking about... World Tree. Coming from Image Comics here. This is another James Tinian book here. And folks, he's got another hit on his hands here. I'm saying it now. Uh, get on this book as quickly as you can because uh, number ones right now are going uh, for hotcakes online in the resale market. Uh, they're being snagged up at comic shops left and right. Uh, so get to your local comic shop now and make sure you get a copy get them to reorder you a book. Uh, but this is a cyberpunk thriller, uh, a little bit of a mystery in here, but basically a group of hacker friends, wherever else in college, uh, are in basically kind of uh, 
kind of an undernet, so to speak. Basically, uh, you know, kind of like the dark web sort of thing like that. Thing underneath the internet that's, you know, whatever stuff there. Uh, while they're in there exploring around, they find some sort of program, some sort of digital corruption that is horrific and causes people to do very bad things um, without their control, basically the, their consent or control. And so the group basically kill their servers, try to think they could stop this and uh, stop the flow of uh, this undernet, so to speak. But unfortunately, it doesn't. So flash forward to modern times here, and a, a teenager who's basically a, you know, a bit of a hacker himself finds this presence, whatever the thing it is, we don't know just yet, uh, and live streams his murder spree. So lots of terrible things in here, but uh, very intriguing mystery, awesome art here, definitely for mature audiences, lots of blood, lots of nudity, because this... Uh, this lady right here works for the bad guys. She is an antagonist, uh, and she, A, has no problem murdering people in broad daylight, and B, doesn't mind doing it in the nude. So, don't know what that's all about, but yeah. So anyway, but yes, World Tree, number one, from Image Comics, pick that up. Cannot stress that enough. So, that's all I've got there. So, many, many awesome books there. Wow, this is heavy. Uh, serious. <laughs> In the words of our good friend, uh, Marty McFly, good friend of the show, by the way. <laughs> you know, it, it's cool that they're starting to use the 20th Century Fox logo on comics because even though Disney owns the rights, they bought out Fox, there really is no more Fox. It's all Disney. But at the same time, it's nice that they're paying tribute to the original property of 20th Century Fox because Fox put out some of the greatest motion pictures of all time. Yeah, absolutely. So, so thanks for doing that comic book, uh, folks, because those covers look good. The what is it? The red, white, and uh, blood. Uh, blood. I think it, yeah, red, uh, black, white, and red. Yeah. Yeah, that looks. It's funny. You knew I was going to be on the show tonight, so you're like, "Well, let me wet the appetite of Star Wars for our co-host over here. Let's do that, shall we?" Yeah. There, there are multiple covers. Uh, I will say the cover B was also very tempting uh, mm. as well. So yeah, so there's, but yeah, it's it's an anthology book, so I'm not sure how many issues they're planning on doing. Uh, usually some of the others have been five issues, so they may just be in keeping with that. But yeah, like I said, it's fun because you get, you know, little anthology stories with, you know, just great creative teams. I mean, this first issue, that's a good lord. That's a superstar list right there. So the new kid on the block's Torin Gronbeck. So yeah. everybody else, you know, is very seasoned, you know, very popular people right now. So, uh, but yeah, so yeah, it's not too shabby right there. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, well, uh, before we go into some other geek things here, we got a plug for you, sir, because, of course, you are one of our Serial Box uh, podcasters, uh, but you're the host of Comic Books the New Class, mm -hmm. whenever, you know, when you guys occasionally do those episodes there, which yep. I love that show. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, it, 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 for an old comic book guy who's read a lot of stuff, I like to live vicariously through new readers mm -hmm. when they experience new things, and that's what you guys do. Thank you. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. We are in the process of uh, bringing that back slowly but surely. Uh, sooner or later, we will bring back comic books new because I know Crayley and I miss doing it. We enjoy doing it, and I enjoy doing it because you know I always get fun facts thrown at me from our lovely viewers in the chat, and Crayley knows some things that I may not, and that's okay because you play yeah. off of that from one another, so you learn from each other that way. And I, 
I, I dig it. Granted, I do have a short box full of comics that are on my to-be-read pile, and no, I've not read any of them yet. I know, it's pretty sad and pathetic, but I'm trying. <laughs> Every comic reader worth their salt has a pile, has, has basically what we call doom piles. Thank you. Which is, it's, it's either a pile, it's a short box, it's a long it's a short, box, it's a it's lot a short of boxes, box. whatever the case may be. Um, my back issues i've only got a short stack uh, i've got like a four issue uh, rawhide kid that was done in the 80s yes i picked up recently um trying to think what else i had another four issue series of uh another little you know little, little mini series there a couple of little of those i've read all my new stuff for this week uh but i have got a stack of trades about yeah. yay thick yeah, uh, and they keep accumulating, so they're a little bit thicker now. Um, so yeah, every comic fan worth their salt, you've got a stack of books that you intend to get to, and sometimes you get to them. Like I'll basically like I'll probably knock out one of those trades sometime before the end of the year. Two of them I've already read anyway, but I'm just reading them again. So yeah, I got my fair share of trade paperbacks too. Uh, the Phantom DC run from the '80s, and I also got uh, Jack Kirby's Superpowers and Jack Kirby's New Gods. Nice. paperbacks so yeah because i'm trying to learn my history and jack kirby's like the godfather of comics so mm-hmm. trying to read uh the master himself and i got superpowers and new gods i've yet to read i read the forever people that was good yeah it was good that was fun his dc period was interesting because you know he had some creative stuff he came up with but of course like personally that was kind of like you know an interesting time for him because you know he had been kind of boosted out of marvel by stan yeah um he was in the process of suing marvel uh, over his creations and stuff like that so there's there some bad blood there mm. um yeah and there's there's just a lot of stuff going on in his life so it was interesting to see some of his you know some of his stuff because like it was his dc run was definitely a mixed bag versus his marvel run his marvel run is like classic after classic after classic except for the Eternals, but, you know, a lot of classics. And then he goes over to DC, and, like, he's got the Forever People and, you know, Mr. Miracle, um, the New Gods, you know, stuff like that. But then, like, there was some other stuff that didn't quite take off as well, or he tried off, like, a lot of new ideas with, um, you know, especially in, like, the the first issue Spectacular series, which basically... Every issue was a first issue and introduced to new groups. He would try some ideas in there. Some would work, some wouldn't, whatever else. But then and then he eventually had his comeback to Marvel uh, for a short period of time before he finally retired. So, wow. But yeah, so, but yeah, there's like I said, his DC period is interesting for old school uh, comic book fans. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, there's, there's, just, there's a lot fraught going on in there. So it was almost, you know, almost a little tainted. Uh, and it was also odd the fact that he wasn't allowed, like, he didn't touch, like, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, all the A-list characters, he didn't touch. So, mm-hmm. like, was he not allowed to do so? What, did he have no interest? Did he only want to do new things? Because, I mean, he basically created the fourth world. So, yes. You know, and, yes, and Dark he did. Side, and Darkseid still lives and thrives today as a yep. major Omega-level villain. Yep. So, new gods and the world of Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, All that stuff. Mr. Miracle and Barta, they're still running around doing stuff. And, you know, mm. Mr. Miracle just had a series. It's odd. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So, I mean, all the fourth world people are still. Granny goodness. Know, right there. You know, you know. They're, you know they're, they've been, fe- well they've been featured. They've been featured a lot. I mean, even those characters made appearances on my one of my favorite shows, Smallville. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, they've been in films, too, because. You know, mm-hmm. They've been everywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
plenty of great content out there for you to enjoy, whether it's at your local comic shop or your local streaming service. Hashtag no sponsors here. That's right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're independent of anything. <laughs> <laughs> we try to be. Uh, but anyway, but one of your other shows, of course, you do is And I Quote. Uh, yes. You get to basically do a lot of you know, interviews for different mm-hmm. artists from all around. Yes. Uh, yeah, so all, all, so get it. Ryan is everywhere. Got to check him out. But uh, one show we got Thank coming you. up on Monday here. Yeah, the date. Yeah, the date says Wednesday, May third, but we actually rescheduled it. It's been moved back to Monday, May the first, yeah. two thousand twenty-three, at eight PM Eastern time on our Facebook and YouTube channel and Twitch as well as Twitter. It's going to be the fifteenth anniversary of a little film that just I don't know happened to start this little small franchise that no one's ever heard of. Oh yeah, it's called the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man turns yeah. 15 next week. The actual date it came out was May 3rd, but we had to push it to Monday, May 1st to celebrate the 15th anniversary because we're doing a show every day next week. Like we got a stacked week next week, folks. So if you want to join us, watch the movie along with us. We're going to be watching the movie. We're going to be commentating on it as we watch the film. We're going to have mm-hmm. special guests joining us next week. I think one of them may be in the studio. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, it's the fanatic guy. Norm, that, would uh, George, yes. that would be George Bueller. George is going to be on with us. Roland Mann uh, of Silverline Comics is going to be with us, and I'm sure he's got stories. So yeah. Iron Man it turns 15 next week. I know, hard to believe, but wow, it was the very first film old. released in the MCU directed by, who to thunk? John Favreau, the guy from Swingers is directing a superhero film? How did that happen? But uh, it, is, but it is also yeah. what, uh, basically he and Dave Filoni are now the patron saints of Star Wars. So greatness. he booted, like he kind of like revamped and rebooted Marvel as a whole because Marvel was struggling at the time with mm-hmm. the financial situation they were in. They had to sell, sell off a lot of the rights to their characters to different studios in and around the, in the world. So, but yes, anyway, long story short, Iron Man turns 15. We're going to celebrate with George, myself, and Roland Mann of SilverlineComics.com. He's going to be joining us. So join us on Monday. That's May the 1st, not the 3rd, even though it says it on your screen. Monday, May 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Facebook, YouTube. We're going to watch the movie. And yes, this movie is available to stream on Disney+. Plus. Hashtag not a sponsor. Yeah, so yeah, nerd culture on Facebook, YouTube. All of it. Be there. And Twitch, yeah. And Twitch, yeah. So, Everywhere. Yeah, be, be there. Watch with us. Comment. Give us your insight. Uh, whatever else here. Oh, hang on here. Dave says, uh, at the time of Iron Man, I still thought of John Favreau <laughs> as Foggy Nelson. In the Ben Affleck Daredevil. That's right. Because that came out That's in right. what? 2003 or 2004? It was 2003, like 2004. It was one of the two. Because in 2003, yeah. Eric Bana's Hulk came out. Mm-hmm. in 2003 and also and this is another movie we're celebrating next week too on monday on tuesday may the 2nd x2 x-men united turns 20 nice next week and we're going to be celebrating that on tuesday night may the 2nd at 8 p.m eastern time so bring your uh, streaming service bring your copy with you because we're going to be watching that and sh- and commentating on that as well because x2 x-men united turns the big 2-0 on may the 2nd nice. so how about how about that george it's a marvelous week Next oh, week, I see, I see what you did there. I see yeah, what see what I did there. Yeah, it's going to be marvelous. Uh, Dave Magley saying that Daredevil was two thousand three. It was two thousand three. There you go. I was I was yeah. pretty much right on. And the less said about the Eric Bana Hulk, the better. Mm, mm. Yeah, if you want if you want a good Hulk movie, just watch the Edward Norton two thousand and eight, The Incredible Hulk, because that's MCU canon. So it is, which is odd because now, of course, we're seeing. Uh, you know, Abom- Abomination Ab- came back in She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We're expecting the leader in the Captain America uh, movie that's coming up here. Oh. Possibly, uh, I think Liv Tyler might be coming back as Betsy. 
whether or not we're going to see Betty Ross. Or Be- uh, Betty Ross. Yeah, yeah get it right there, see. George. It's Betty Ross, not Betsy. Yeah, Betty Ross. Yeah, not, not the not the not the uh, person who carved out the U.S. flag for us and all that jazz. No, but she, she knitted the flag. You don't well, knitted the flag. Flags. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Knitted the flag. My bad. But. Yeah, and yes, Dave Maddenly agrees with me. Ed Norton's Incredible Hulk film was indeed quite good. Yes, yes it is. I, I think it's a, I think it's a criminally underrated comic book movie. It is so good, what, and it was the it, second film in the MCU. It was the second film. No one knew what was going on at the time. We were all speculating, and then the tail end of Iron Man, which hashtag this is a spoiler. But, you know, Nick Fury comes in, right? You remember that, George? I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger initiative. I'm like, what? Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Are you talking about the Avenger initiative? Are you talking about something else? And then, you know, as we all know in the Incredible Hulk movie, Tony Stark shows up and says, what if I told you we were putting a team together? Who's we? You're like, oh, they are moving full steam ahead with this. They're taking a huge risk, which it was at the time. Yeah, but he was also talking to Ross, though. He was, he was. He was. He's like, yeah, what if I told you we were putting a team? Yeah, he wasn't talking to Hulk. He was talking to Thunderbolt Ross, played by the incredible late, great William Hurt. Yep. Who's uh, been recast by as Harrison Ford. Ford. Yeah. Which, wow, that's going to be cool. And I can't that's a, see Harrison Ford in uh, a big uh, white mustache. So. Well, not only that, do you think they're going to transform him into the Red Hulk? So Absolutely. do you think Harrison Ford for once in his career? Oh, wait, no, that's not true. He's done this like 80,000 times in his career. Lose his temper. Do you think Harrison Ford's going to do the finger, uh, the Ford finger point as the Red Hulk? You think he's going to point to somebody? He's going to point. I don't know what he's going to do, but yeah, I, I, I guarantee he's going to point gonna something. See, we're we're, we're going to see the Red Hulk somewhere. You think we're going to see Red Hulk? Okay. I, I think so. I okay. Think, I, I I think we're, we've we've gone there. Okay. Basically, if you're going to include if you're going to include Ross with the Thunderbolts movie, I, yeah. Yeah, and Betty Ross is coming back too, so she she must be playing an important role. Or like we may see the harpy. So, because hmm. that's her. Because when she gets gamma radiated, she turns into this red kind of, you know, it, she looks demonic, but she calls herself the harpy because she does sort of resemble the harpy from Greek mythology. But uh, but yeah, she she gets a big nasty big red thing too. Uh, yes, you're correct that Dave Manningly, uh, Tim Blake Nelson is the leader is coming back. Uh, the next time we're going to see him is Captain America: New World Order. So, did Ryan freeze up on me? I think Ryan froze up on me there. <laughs> he looks really surprised. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so you know, we're going to see a lot of Hulk stuff come back here. We've already seen some of it, but uh, yeah, so a lot of these little trailings of here. Actually, I'll wait. There we go. Wait till you see when he comes back here. Uh, yeah, we've seen a lot of the Hulk sort of come back uh, in the MCU, so it'd be nice to kind of get, uh, you know, let things get a little bit crazier uh, because they're they've got to get they're going to get more nuts here. Basically, eventually everybody in Hulk's circle kind of gets gamma irradiated, so we get a lot of different Hulks or gamma creatures or whatnot. So um, heck, we we haven't even been you know introduced yet to dr leonard samson who's basically the hulk shrink and he gets gamma radiated so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so a lot of stuff going on like i said here uh one thing though i do want to share with you guys here um 
theirs, of course, was a pair of good trailers released this week here. Uh, ones we'd actually had seen before, but these were like newer versions of it. Um, one kind of released probably the latter part of the week here was a new one for Transformers Rise of the Beasts, which that looks awesome. Um, and it takes us into the uh, uh, far date of 1994 for that one. Uh, but yeah, we get to see uh, basically the... Uh, the characters from Transformers Beast Wars, um, and of course they're building up to a very large villain, uh, no pun intended there, but one trailer I definitely want to share with you guys here, uh, we're going to bring this up here, and got to talk about this, this is the new trailer for The Flash. Very soon. Yeah. I lost my parents. Flash trailer here. Yeah, sorry about that. Are you good? That pain. Made me who I am. I spent a lifetime trying to right the wrongs of the past. Yeah. As if fighting crime would bring my parents back. You actually did it. I can't imagine what you've been through. I love you, Monkey. <laughs> you lost both parents in one day. Barry! I went back in time to save my parents. But instead, I completely broke the universe. If you went back and changed the past, this world must die. You changed the future. Do you know what this symbol stands for? It means hope, right? I will help you fight God. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. I have to undo what I did. These scars we have make us who we are. And I'm about to go back and fix them. Don't let your tragedy define you. What did you do? No matter what we do, we're not going to be able to fix this. No! Nobody dies! You're strapped to your parachutes. It was yours! Mmm. There mm. you go. Mm. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what... I think the thing that the that I want to know is... And I'm sorry I cut out there for a minute. Uh, my... Oh, my technical difficulties aside, I'm back. I'm here. Thank you. Uh, everything's fine. We're all fine here. Now, thank How you. you. How are you? We're sending the squad in. Anyway, so Supergirl's saying to whoever she was talking to, what did you do? Like, she is ticked off. Oh, it was odd. Yeah. Oh, it was odd? Okay, so. 
Is she talking about like did she kill super like did Zod kill Superman? Is that it? Like she killed Kal El, and then that's why Kara Zor-El is so pissed off. Uh, the synopsis basically because this is borrowing really heavy from the Flashpoint storyline. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And I love Flashpoint. It's one of the best graphic novels of all time. Yeah, we get because you know we're basically we're dealing with like multiple Batman in this movie, uh, multiple Barry Allens as we see in the trailer as well. Uh, but yeah, we even get to see that the infamous scene where basically Barry's trying to, I guess, reignite his powers and getting electrocuted to oh, do yeah. that. Uh, yeah, so there, that's that's straight out of the book. But uh, basically, the synopsis is that basically Barry goes back in time to prevent the death of his mother, right? Um, as we know, and when he does that, it changed the timeline to the point that basically there is no Superman. Uh, Batman is old and retired. Um, you know, and basically now we got this Zod guy showing up to Earth, and there's nobody to stop him. Mm, okay. Okay. So basically, so instead of a Superman, we have a Supergirl. Yeah, Kara. But she's uh, imprisoned. So mm-hmm. like basically, her, just like in the book. Yeah, basically, she kind of gets the the this treatment that Superman got in the book. Basically, where instead of the Kents picking him up, the U.S. government. Uh, picks him up when he lands on Earth. Okay. Locks him in a prison for his entire life without the sun. So mm-hmm. he's just like scrawny, skinny little thing, you know, very pale. And then the first time he sees the sun, it's like, oh, I've got all these abilities. I feel great. Let's uh, do stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, you know, there's a lot of questions there. But yeah, we get, you know, we get the Affleck Batman. We get Michael Keaton returning as Batman. As Which this, is great. Yeah, kind of this this older, uh, you know, like grizzled Batman. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. steal. I mean, hands down, he's gonna steal the movie, hands down. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and not only that, that this first of all, this trailer didn't really. You're right, it didn't really give away too much in terms of spoilers. But Kara Zor-El like losing her mind to be like, "What did you do?" And like, you know, and Barry keeps telling people like, "Nobody, nobody dies, nobody." But it seems like there's gonna be a lot of death in this movie. So. Yeah. I think this movie's going to warn us by saying don't get attached to any of these characters because it's all multiple Earths. It's different iterations of the characters. So they're pretty much going to end up dead. So, yeah. And this movie supposedly yeah. is kind of serving as mm-hmm. a reboot, reboot for the DC universe and yep. kind of kick things off. But it's kind of strange because uh, after this film, this comes out in June, uh, June 16th. Uh, and then in August, you've got the Blue Beetle film. Um, and then in November, you've got Aquaman 2. So I'm curious how the events of Flash will affect those two films. And then, of course, you know, the James Gunn universe basically starts essentially after Aquaman comes out because, mm. you know, there's there's no other films in the I mean, there's in the works right now, but there's no other films on the docket. So yeah, I guess this is the whole, hey, these are the last two or three films that were made before the New World Order came in, also known as James Gunn, uh, yep. to take to ride the ship. So enjoy The Flash while you can. Enjoy Aquaman while you can. Because once those two films are out, we're done. Like, it, there's no more. So. Maybe. I mean, you know, Jason Momoa may reprise his role as Aquaman. Maybe Ezra Miller is still going to be The Flash as long as he keeps his nose clean and doesn't yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. It's a little, little behind-the-scenes issues with one of our actors here. But you know what? This trailer looks good. Uh, Supergirl. We haven't seen Supergirl in a movie in over 40 years. So this is a big deal. This is a very big deal for not just Superman fans, but people of uh, fans of the House of L in general. Mm-hmm. This is a very big deal. And the woman who's playing this, this young, up-and-coming actress looks fantastic. Yeah, she looks 
fantastic. I think the suit playing off the Henry Cavill suit uh, color scheme looks fantastic. And I think she's going to lay the smack down in this movie. I think she's going to make a bigger impact, not just in this movie, but I think over the, in the story overall than, than a lot of people think. I think she's going to make a huge, huge impact because Barry's the one who caused all of it. But Supergirl is going to be the one of many characters to give ba- Barry a reality check. You know, so too. Uh, yeah, because yeah, because her life basically was you know, a living hell before yeah, they busted her out. Let her be a superhero. Mm-hmm. You know, and so God knows what her life would have been. You know, had it not. So you know, yeah. So that's, that's there's a lot of interesting questions this is going to pose. I'm uh, I'm excited. Barry's tampering the timeline, but yep, it's going to have a lot of surprises. The uh, the director was talking about. He's released now in the press. Now it's like. You know, there are going to be a lot of surprises for this movie. That's good. Here are some of the surprises we wanted to do in the movie, and we couldn't basically, you know, we were going too long. It was too much. We had to cut some stuff. But they were going to throw in a Linda Carter cameo. Oh, wow. Uh, And then the one that basically is probably going to ruffle some feathers, but there was going to be a Grant Gustin cameo. Mm. And now his show is coming to an end. Yeah. Uh, but, but it got cut because, of course, that would have been re- kind of repaying the, the, you know, the solid that Ezra Miller popping up on Crisis. Crisis. Earth, so. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but Grant Gustin at one point was going to have a cameo in this Flash movie, and then it got cut. But if those two got cut, who's still in mm-hmm. that we don't know about? Like I said, we know Affleck's back. We know Michael Keaton's back. We got a Supergirl. Uh, Zod's back. Feora's Michael back. Michael Shannon. Yeah, but Feora's coming back. Oh, Feora's coming back, yeah. Yeah, so we know all this, but like, who else is, who else are we going to see? Henry Cavill, maybe? No. If if my boy makes a cameo, that's great, but if he does, I'm not going to be surprised if he doesn't show up at all. Because there's there's probably behind the scenes, there's a lot of bad blood, probably, between Henry and the studio. Well, I don't think it's necessarily Henry in the studio. I think it's more of basically The Rock in the yeah, studio. Dwayne Johnson, Rock is yeah. Who caused all that stuff. Because of the Black Adam drama, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he basically, mm-hmm. he threw, you know, it was his doing that threw in that, you know, that cameo. cut scene, that cameo. cameo yeah. The mm-hmm. Warner Brothers execs didn't know it until they literally saw it mm-hmm. uh, for a test screening. So, and he, it was him trying to force what he thought the fans wanted, which they did, and everybody rejoiced, but then Warner's like, well, that's great, but oh, look at the box office on your movie here. Well, that's not great. Oh, hey, we got a new guy running the DC thing here, and well, he's going to go with a, a a new line of things, and we're not going to use Henry. So, sorry. Yeah. No, no more Shazam movies either because Shazam two bombed. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that doesn't break my heart. I mean, I know there's some Shazam fans out there. My buddy Andre is one of them, of course. But yeah, I just you know. I did did the, did the second film not work for you? Was it not in it very good? It. I didn't even see it. I, okay. I, didn't see it. I, I didn't see the first one in theaters. I waited mm-hmm. literally till I could see it like on streaming, and I finally got around to watching it. But it, I've never been that big of a Shazam fan anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of the character, but I don't like the whole child angle sort of thing like that. I get it's it. Just, Kids of superheroes. I'm yeah, not I'm not big on. It. Listen, I wasn't big on it either. I had no interest in seeing this movie, and then I finally watched it on streaming, like you did. I actually liked Shazam. I actually thought it was good. It had the right balance of comedy and drama. I thought it worked. I mean, not it, it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. but it worked enough well for me to say, you know what, this isn't bad. I'd be curious to see what they do with the second one, which obviously they did come out with the second one, but unfortunately, I heard behind the scenes it bombed financially and bad. But that doesn't speak to its quality. It's just box office-wise, it just didn't do well. But yeah. when it shows up on HBO Max, which it will be there very soon, 
look forward to seeing it because I heard there was a Wonder Woman cameo in that too. Uh, there was, and it was actually that uh, cameo was spoiled by TV ads. Oh, way yeah, to go, TV. Basically, I think there was some negative buzz on the film, or there just wasn't a lot of interest. But literally the week before the movie was going to be released in theaters, a new TV ad comes out, and you see Wonder a Woman. brief glimpse of Wonder Woman in the movie. Like, she's at the end of the film, I guess, and she's helping out. I don't mm-hmm. know. Basically, he, like, you know, she stops a bad guy or whatever else, and, you know, Shazam's kind of, like, all stunned by it. He kind of gives him, like, a, call me, and she kind of, like, you know, gives him a little, like, uh, yeah, whatever, you know, sort of thing like that. But, so that's the brief part of the, that scene you yeah. see in the trailer. But, yeah, totally, the week before it came out in theaters, that trailer hit TV. Wow. So, what a yeah. way to spoil the movies, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and so it's like we knew this, we, we didn't have a lot of faith in this movie, so we like, oh, hey. You guys gonna get a little glimpse of Wonder Woman again? You know, you gotta you know, see two hours of a movie to see it, but there it's, she is again. It's kind of like a give and take, right? Because Warner Brothers as a studio celebrates its 100th anniversary. Warner Brothers turns 100 sure. this year, and Warner Brothers has turned out some of the greatest motion pictures of all time, just just as much as Fox did. But it's sad because there's a lot of problems behind closed doors at Warner Brothers. And that's what bugs me is that they celebrate their 100th birthday and they got all these great films, right, George? All these great, incredible films, whether it's Casablanca, whether it's Maltese Falcon, whether it's, I mean, you can name off like hundreds and hundreds of movies, like the Eastwood movies, you know, like Mm -hmm. Dirty Harry's another one, right? You know, you got, I mean- the Godfather. I mean, there's so many great films from the studio, but yet on today's market, there's so much bad, either bad blood or there's just problems behind closed doors at the executive offices of Warner. I'm thinking, you know, you guys were a great studio like 10, 20, 30 years ago. And nowadays you're too reactionary. You know, yeah. if something doesn't look right to you or if it doesn't make a billion dollars, you pull the plug. And I'm like, you know what? You can do a lot of a lot of great stuff with a limited budget and the right director and the right actors, you know? Absolutely. Or even you, you could do great stuff with a large budget. You still just have to have the right combination of stuff. But, you know, a studio like Warner Brothers has been around for a very long time. hundred years. Um, yeah, and, you know, they've survived a lot of other studios who, you know, were their competitors and they didn't make it as long as they have or they've been absorbed by other studios. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's just, it's, it's a game that everybody's playing. Sometimes, you know, it, things are looking up for you. Sometimes they aren't. So, Right now, Warner Brothers is kind of having a bit of a downspurt, but you know they're also going through a tremendous amount of change, and that change is still not over. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of corporate stuff going. On. So, I mean, suits and lawyers, man. The more you know, with suits, lawyers, and money, the more you add that to your art, you're going to get stuff like this. So. Mm. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Exactly. So, Dave's got a couple of comments here about Shazam. <laughs> Said that he liked Fury of the Gods more than the first one. So, there you go. Dave Manley gave you. a uh, a little plug there for it. And then he hopes Mr. Mind somehow comes back. Yes. They teased Mr. Mind at the end of the original Shazam. Because uh. I like the weird villains. And come on, a super smart telepathic worm. Worm, folks. Tiny wow. little worm. Super smart criminal mastermind telepathic. Why? No disrespect to Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu, but why are we talking to a couple of old ladies versus a worm that can do it? It's so much more interesting. Crazy. And Lucy, you know, Lucy Liu, uh, 
It's from the trailers of Shazam Part Two: Fury of the Gods. She doesn't look a day over twenty-five. No, I mean she. I mean they, they both look great, but she. Like, I mean Lucy Liu has maintained her look since I saw her in Charlie's Angels back in two thousand. I mean it's amazing what anti-aging uh, formula can do to a person. And Lucy, you've looked great since the day I met you. I'm sure, you know. Professionally, yes. But Lucy, you looked great since I professionally met you through Charlie's Angels. And then after that, you did Elementary with Johnny Lee Miller for five, six, seven seasons. That was a good show, too, when you played Joan Watson. I mean, Lucy Liu has done some incredible stuff. Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of Kill Bill, though, so (sighs) I'm not. I'm not. It's fine, but it's. I, I walked out of there thinking, okay. Dash. I know. I, whatever, you know. So, so, we, so we can't, I can't curse. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I'm a big Tarantino mark. So, uh. Gotcha. Yeah, hey, to uh, each their own, brother. I know. Uh, Magley, uh, Dave Magley is also uh, pointing out a lot of other good geek movies coming out this year. We've it's insane. Next week. It's uh, insane. Uh, Spider Verse Part Spider- 2. Yeah, the next Spider Verse. Well, actually. It, technically, that's going to be a two-part film in and of itself. So right, but in the sequence of things, yeah. this is the secondary film within the Into the exactly. Spider Verse movies. Uh, uh, this is the second Flash. movie, yeah, Indiana Flash Jones Five: Flash. The Retirement for Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. And you know what? The newest trailer for Indiana Jones I actually thought was interesting. Mm. So it, it makes it look a little bit better. I don't like the, the the mashing up of score music with a popular rock song that's mm. kind of stupid and they do it with sympathy for the devil oh. and then it worked it's even it gets even worse like i said i was liking the trailer but then like i keep hearing sympathy for the devil and then like they're trying to work in the score and then finally they get to the you know dun, 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 you hear a little yeah. bit of that in there while you're still hearing the woo woo from yeah. sympathy for the devil. like this is why we stick with teaser trailers if the first trailer looks good i'm gonna see the movie this is why i don't watch secondary trailers but here's the thing the first trailer i saw was not good in my opinion, and it was like, nope, not gonna see this. Well, the second trailer convinced me. I mean, well, I, I mean, I'm not saying the first trailer was great because I don't like the fact that they played the piano of the Raiders March throughout the whole trailer and they don't actually play it until the very end of that trailer. So it's that bugged me. One, yeah, that bugged me. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? This trailer looks good. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing his retirement movie. This this looks good. Yeah, and, and I um. God, was it uh, Phoebe Bridgers? Uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge. That's right. Waller Plays Bridge, the goddaughter. Yeah. The goddaughter. That's right. Yep. yep. And so we get, you know, her kind of as the the legacy character. You know, kind of the new, you know, younger adventurer. And Mads Mikkelsen coming in, loving oh. villains, and he's a Nazi. He's great. You can't do Andy without a good Nazi villain. It looks great. It looks great. And yeah. Mission Impossible. That looks incredible. I can't wait. Yes. What that teaser trailer about? before the Super Bowl or whatever it was, that was insane. No, it was long before the Super Bowl. It was like months and months ago. But that first trailer, who yeah. you got everybody. Ferguson's in it. Uh, Haley Atwell mm-hmm. is in that movie. And I'm like, dang, Haley, you grew out your hair, girl. You got some yeah, long uh, hair in this movie. I'm wondering what's going on with you. Uh, Henry Searsney comes back to the franchise because we haven't seen him since the first. 96 show. since 96. Yeah, that's insane. I've, I've, I've loved him as a a villainous character actor dude I've, I've loved him the so first mission impossible when he says I, I can understand you're you're very upset you've never seen me very upset like yeah. dude that's that those two lines alone were so good in the first one so yeah. good and then blue so beetle good. that's coming out you got was it craven the last hunter is that coming out craven the hunter is coming out yeah basically it's another Sony, let's do a Spider-Man villain without Spider-Man movie. Yeah, dumb, uh, dumb, dumb. Well, here's the weird thing, too, 
Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to be playing the title role. Oh my he's, God, that's even worse. That's even worse. But he's ten times worse. Very, he's taken it very seriously to the point where he's packed on like several pounds of muscle. He darkened his hair. He grew a mustache. So like he's taken it seriously. So like to I've seen like I have not seen him in a trailer just yet. I haven't seen any images of him in costume. But him out in the world, I'm like, he kind of looks like Craven. Mm. So, at least he's trying for it. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, the Morbius movie was not good by any means, but Jared Leto <laughs> looked the part. Yeah, he so, did. You know, I'll give him that. Um, but, so I, again, I, I don't know how we're going to do a Spider-Man-less movie about one of Spider-Man. Spider-Man's key villains. And make him a protagonist. I he 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 was one of the best, uh, and I have this too as a Marvel epic collection. I have Craven's Last Hunt, one of the best Spider-Man storylines of all time. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic storyline. It's know? a good thing I have the Marvel epic collection of that. See, this is what see, this is why we hold on to certain comic books here, George. But yeah, Craven with Aaron Taylor Johnson, pff, no, not happening. I. I, I I will wait to see a trailer, but I don't have a lot of faith in what nope. Sony has been doing with the Spider Man franchise. Was it called The Marvels? That's coming on Disney Plus as a series. Yeah, that no, 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 I, no, I, no, I, no offense, no offense, but I could, I could care less. I could care uh, less. The Marvels is a film. Oh, I thought series. it was a TV series. No, Ms. Marvel was the TV series. Uh, and this is basically The Marvels. This is basically you uh, putting uh, Carol Danvers, Kamala Khan, and Monica Rambeau all together oh. uh, in a film. Uh, they're basically linking their powers together. So that's why they're kind of mm. the Marvels. Yeah. It, here, it makes sense. Comic, comic books, book yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Carol Danvers was a sidekick to the original Marvel. Then she finally takes up the role of Captain Marvel later on. For years, she's Ms. Marvel or Warbird or Binary or whatever else. But she finally later takes up. Yeah, she's gone through a lot of names. That's a lot of names, dude, for one character. She's gone through a lot of names, a lot of identity crises. Good but lord! Basically, but because she was avoiding the one mantle she should have taken, Marvel. Okay. Then you got Kamala Khan, who's basically is a huge fan of Carol as a legacy character, whatever mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Monica Rambeau basically took up the mantle of Captain Marvel in the '80s, though her powers are light based and she's a little different. But she mm. took up the mantle and the name of Captain Marvel. With Carol's blessing, of course. She's also a member of the Avengers. So, in the comics, they're all linked that way. But they have not made the link of what links Monica to the other two. We've established Kamala. Big fangirl for Carol. Carol, there you go. So, we haven't established the link for how Monica comes in. But apparently, apparently the, the plot of the film is that when they use their abilities, they literally swap places. Wherever they're at, wherever else. So, that's yeah. going on. So it's all in the trailer. You know, you're getting teenage girls in space, you know, whatever else. Yeah, know. this clearly you and I are not the target audience for this movie. Not a, not even close. But I'll be there. Uh, you're going to be there? Okay, well, you go ahead and enjoy your little, uh, you know, run there with the Marvels, and I'll just do something else. Because that trailer did nothing for me. It, it looked fun to me. And, and of course, it looked terrible, uh, I think. My, well, there you go. I mean, my wife, on the other hand, is uh, loves Captain Marvel. She has seen that movie tons and tons of time mm. uh we, we enjoyed the uh, ms marvel series uh so that's right you know, i'm gonna be there uh most of me i mean i'm gonna be there because i will go see every marvel film because i'm a mighty marvelite okay i was a child that's fair i'm, I'm there 
Um, I will support this till death do us part. So yeah, it's like a marriage, basically. You're married to Marvel, and you're like, you know what? I'm committed to you. I'm going to see everything, single thing you got, even if it's the worst piece of garbage in cinematic history. I'm going to go out and see it. I've been a Marvel fan for 44 years, and so, it's not going to stop anytime soon. It, so it's not going to stop I, anytime I get soon. It. Yeah, I get it. I mean, granted, I read DC, I read the Independence, but I start out a Marvel kid. That's Avengers fair. 163 was my first book, so I'm a Marvel kid. Enjoy um, the Marvels. I'll just be over here watching reruns of Daredevil. No problem. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my wife's jazzed for it because, again, you know, it's like it's it's nice that you know you get you know representation for the ladies as well, and they get oh, yeah. heroes to look at and enjoy. So, I mean, she's jazzed about it. So I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I don't have to uh, you know, struggle too much to get you to go to the superhero movies. There you go. Mm. Uh, and there you go. Dave <laughs> says, "I am a fellow foom." Yes, I what? am a foom. What, what it? What does that mean exactly? Fear of. Uh, of so not missing that out? was uh, that was a uh, the club uh, the fan club for Marvel back in the day friends of uh, friends of old Marvel oh my god yep there was a magazine oh my god membership that's uh, everything yes. that is nerd that is so yes. nerdy my god it was very nerd yes very wow nerd. did you have a t-shirt did you wear it to school every day uh no there uh there may have been t-shirts uh, i did not own one uh, okay i just had a i had a membership for a year at one there you point, go so i had there a couple of magazines the magazines and whatnot you know but, I mean, and the magazines really were kind of like interviews with artists and writers and you know here's a little bit of some upcoming stuff and here's a little cartoon of this but yeah it was kind of cool but it's you know i was like i'm just ready hey i mean we got a marvelous week for everyone next week with iron man turning 15 you got x-men 2 turning 20 and then i got this lovely looking metal bookmark here look at that oh, oh my look god that. look tight. at that there look at that daredevil and kingpin uh, montage there you see that i love it that's cool look how crazy good that is now if you want this and add more marvel stuff to your collection visit our visit rob taylor at uh what is it it's called heroifiedart.com so that's hero and then f-i-e-d art.com check out the website it's a great website the artist there rob taylor is a fantastic fantastic so good we call him marvelous uh artist if you will so check him out he's got plenty of marvel plenty of dc plenty of star trek plenty of star wars plenty of Battlestar galactica he's got video game art like from atari and nes i mean the guy's got something for everybody including these metal bookmarks i mean look how ridiculous this is this is a metal bookmark and this feels like it belongs in the sistine chapel look at that I mean, not to get all spiritual on you here, but you know, Daredevil is Catholic. He is Catholic, so he, yeah. he is Catholic. So that's I, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a good uh, yeah. use of compliment there. So there so go. visit visit Rob Taylor at HeroFightArt.com, and that goes for you who are watching or listening to this. And if you're just joining us, welcome. Don't forget to like and share this video with all of your closest friends. Absolutely. So, and of course, you got to go visit Ryan over at Nerd Culture for, mm. and I quote, for his watch-alongs, which. By the way, let's plug one more time. This Monday, 8 p.m., Nerd Culture on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, your grandma's basement, whatever else. We're, he, he's everywhere. But uh, we're going to watch Iron Man. So watch along with us, 8 o'clock. Uh, Eastern time, a, yeah. Eastern time. It will be a hoot. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Stuff here. That's oh, going to be a lot of fun. Dad, Dave Manning said he never, he never enjoyed the <laughs> You know what? Get that man a big old scaffolding 
and I guarantee you he can go up there and touch the painting and probably he could probably you know he could probably get a little something off that. So there you go. Maybe I I don't know. Did you watch while I was gone during my technical difficulties? Did you watch the other trailer that you were gonna talk about too? Uh, no, I, I was just talking about that it was uh, worth checking out too. But I just wanted just to show the flash trailer. So oh, I thought you were gonna show us both. Okay, well never mind. Uh, no, but yeah, I didn't get a chance to do that, but yeah. But no worries. We're almost an hour and a half here, so I think we may have to wrap things up. But really, we were just getting started. I know, right? <laughs> we were just getting started. Uh, we were just getting acquainted here. Uh, but yeah, definitely go check out the uh, new trailer for Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Uh, we get a little bit more of a uh, a better uh, handle on who our villain is for this movie. Ooh, like I said, okay. it's a big villain. It's a big villain. Big villain. Very big, yeah. Very but, you know, hey, I grew up watching Beast Wars on Fox Kids in the 90s, so good stuff. Looking forward to uh, catching that movie, too, because the first trailer for, uh, what was it, uh, Rise of the Beasts, mm -hmm. when you see Optimus Primal, and then you see, was it, Ch Cheetah or Chitara, however you say his name. Yeah. Like, all these familiar characters from both G1 and Beast Wars. It's like, hey, there's something for the 80s kids, and there's something for us 90s kids. So yep. you, you mash them up, and you're going to get a good film, which, by the way, this film looks good. It like looks the, good. The, the reboot started with the Bumblebee film that which you know, was really which was very surprisingly yes. good, like way better than Love it should have been. Yes. You know, I didn't I see that movie until years after the fact, George. Did you know that? I, I I didn't see that until about a year after it was released. I was kind of the same way. I was like, because basically, I got tired of the Michael Bay yeah. Transformers movies yep. and his Trash. style, and basically that Trash. the fact that they really didn't look much like the Transformers. You know, stuff like that. I could, I like some of the storylines and stuff they were doing, but for the most part, it's like the guys don't even look close to, you know, the guy, you know, the, the, the characters you like. Yeah. But then you go and do Bumblebee, and Bumblebee Which, writes the ship. Because dude, the Transformers, the Decepticons, look like their counterparts that we know we up with. G1. Um, it, the, the Bumblebee film takes place in the 80s, so kind of goes Which is even better. How long, you know, they've been there. So, of course, in this new one will take place in the 90s. <sighs> like even the... Yeah, the new so trailer. Bad. The new trailer says 1994. So, oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh man, 94. Oh, that was such a good year for us 90s kids, George. It was so much mm -hmm. fun. It was so much yeah. fun. I graduated high school. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you you young you whippersnapper. I graduated high school back in 94. And, you know, you wouldn't be here if it weren't for me. You know, no. But <laughs> listen, <laughs> when you met, no, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's it's, it's a torch <laughs> thing. You, no, not like that. But like I'm just saying, like. It, Never mind. My words are twisty and they don't make any sense. What I'm trying to say is that you grew up on one side of the fence. I grew up on a different side of the fence. Yep. When you mash them together, it's it's magic. And I think this movie is going to prove that. I mean, Bumblebee was great. I think this is the sequel, right? This is the sequel to yes. Bumblebee. So yeah. if that's the case, then is Travis Knight directing this? Or no, no, no. Um, no, it's actually the guy who directed Creed 2 is uh, directing this movie. Yeah. The guy who directed oh, Creed really? 2, I, for, I forget, yeah, I forget his name, but he he directed Creed 2, and he did a fabulous job with Creed 2. Creed yeah, 2 was yeah, Creed great. freaking yeah. I actually like Creed 2 more so than Creed 1, hashtag hot take. But this Beast Wars movie looks fantastic, for sure. I mean, Optimus Primal in this movie, which, by the way, is Optimus Primal voiced by the original guy who voiced him on the show? Do we know? It's Ron Perlman. Oh, why couldn't they get the original actor? He's still around. He's not dead. Uh, because Ron Perlman's a name. Yeah, but he. Yeah, but the, if you can get Peter Cullen, you can't do Optimus Prime without Peter Cullen. Optimus Primal, with respect, is not iconic 
of enough of a character as Optimus Prime is. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if everyone in the comments section would agree with you on that, but okay. Well, how many times did they tried to do the mantle pass off? You had Hot Rod, aka uh, 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 yeah. what was he? What he did up turning to uh, uh, Ultra? No, not I can't remember. You mean Unicron? No, but, but Hot Rod when he evolved, basically. Because he was Hot Rod when he was younger. And then he oh, evolved. the secondary character, yeah. It, it, it basically, he evolved to the mantle of leadership. They oh, tried with him. And then was there was Ultra name? Magnus, who was kind of like the, the you know, I don't know, the, the in-betweener, so to speak. I he held on the Matrix for a little bit. Yeah. So. Oh, Dave Manley says, I'll take Ron Perlman any day. Yeah, see, and I agree. I enjoy me some Ron Perlman. So thank you, Dave. Uh, I agree. I, I I will be looking forward to having Ron Perlman. I mean, yeah, yeah. He he sounded good in the trailer, the first trailer that I saw these characters featured See? in. So he looks See? good. <laughs> he sounds good. I mean, he actually sounded like the original actor from the show. But then, but then when you just told me that it's Ron Perlman, I'm like, oh, it's not the original guy. It's Ron Perlman. Okay. okay. So just forget what I said, um, and it just enjoy that voice acting there because uh, mm -hmm. it's it's uh, it's vocal butter. So there you go. <laughs> vocal butter? Can we spread that on a Lego My Ego waffle? No, I'm kidding. Yes. Because Lego waffle, Ego waffles are good, especially the home style. They're good. I've been eating, I've been eating Ego home style waffles for a while now. They're good. I make my own. So. Oh, you make so. it from scratch? Good for you, because I'm cheap. I just buy mine from the grocery store. Uh, I've been told by my lovely wife that uh, there are a, there are a few pockets of food I excel in really? cooking. Um, I, I'm a, a bit of a grill master, uh, or it comes to, um, uh, especially like Mexican food, like street mm -hmm. food. So yeah, I'm very good at that. Yeah. Uh, but breakfast food apparently is where I excel at as well. Oh. Um, so I should, yeah. maybe one of these days when all of us from back at the cereal box come over to your lovely mansion and visit you, you should fix the pancakes. Uh, you know what? Y'all can just sleep here in the comic room. Uh, we'll get a bunch of sleeping bags going on. Cause, uh, it's, it's, you know, I got a townhouse here, so it's, you know, not, uh, not a roomy place, but you know. We'll make do, and uh, yeah, we got I'll some make, space. Yeah, I'll make waffles for everybody. The kids Sounds can good. Sleep on you or around you, whatever the case may be. We'll, I love we'll waffles. I think waffles are great when you spread them with log cabin syrup. It's good. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, doing uh, the uh, waffles with uh, whipped cream and strawberries. No butter, no syrup, just whipped cream and strawberries. Interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Interesting. Summer the, thing I do that. So. By the way, our good friend Dave Manley says Ego Waffles. Hashtag not, not a sponsor. That's right. Hey, man. Again, we are not sponsored by, by anything anybody. or anybody. But at the same time, we buy these products because we like them. Okay. I buy books. Okay. I buy DVDs from McKay's and I buy books waffles for my local grocery store in this case it's harris teeter anyone know what a harris teeter is so yes. oh you know what uh, harris teeter is so yes. uh, basically i great. Um, uh, i'd never heard of that grocery store chain before but then oh, my great. wife and i we took a trip to uh, charleston south carolina it was a lovely trip did uh, you and they had a harris teeter so that's where we went for groceries hey there you go everything comes full circle yep i so love I it know what harris teeter is it's great because that's where I get my groceries every uh, couple of weeks. Nice. So thanks, guys. Can, Hashtag can, is not a sponsor. Can, is Harris Teeter in the same family that Piggly Wiggly is in? I believe it is. So you yeah, may want to check your facts. Well, because like I'm on the side of the country that's in the Kroger family. Oh, okay. Kroger, well, then it's probably and Kroger yeah. owns like Lion right. and Fred Meyer's and a that's bunch right. of other you know places, you know, grocers in different you know areas of the country. And so, might be like, the same thing. Piggly Wiggly and Harris Teeter kind of have the South. 
Oh, okay, okay. Then, yeah, they're probably owned by the same people. But if you want to double-check someone's facts in the backstage area of this studio, feel free. But, yeah, thanks, Harris Teeter. Thanks for helping me be a VIC, a very important customer. Hashtag not a sponsor. There you go. I love it. I love it. Yeah, the resort we were staying at, there was a, a Harris Teeter. There was a lovely store. You know. it, it's nice. Yeah, we, we used it multiple times. We were there. So I liked it. I, I like it. it it's good. <laughs> Of all the things we thought we'd talk about today, we didn't think we'd discuss Harris Teeter Ego, grocery stores. Ego waffles and Harris Teeter grocery stores. We never thought we would talk about Lego my Egos. Oh, all right. Well, I think we are ready to wrap things up here. But uh, I appreciate you coming on the show here, Ryan, and talking geek with me here this day. Thank you, and you're welcome. It's very uh, great to be here. Uh, feel free to invite me back anytime. I'm, I'm always Absolutely. happy to talk uh, geekery with you or your audience members of this show and i want to thank everyone for stopping by because this has been a lot of fun I, I i hope to do these shows more often i hope to come back more often i, I like it here i think fanatic forum i think it i think it suits me you know nice. maybe i should yeah. maybe, maybe i should come back more often so feel free to send me an invite because uh meeting with you and talking with the lovely audience uh, in the comments section of this show has been a blast and i always enjoy it and you know what um I enjoy geeking out with fellow fans. So whatever your fandom is, enjoy it, embrace it, uh, post about it on social media in a nice, productive way. And by the way, and by the way, uh, and I'll say, and I say this at the tail end of every one of my shows, uh, life is better when reading. Hmm. Those, those are the facts. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. And see, of course, and you get to let your freak flag fly right here on the fanatic forum here because that's what this place is for uh yeah. I, I love my folks here so yeah I, I'm, I'm representing impact wrestling here tonight so there you go so you got wrestling we got movies got we got tv yeah. we got sports we got comics we got books which by the way books is words on a page so when anyone asks you what like Gaston says yeah like those lovely covers and then Gaston looks at you and he says how can you read this there's no pictures well some people use their imagination that's the beauty of reading books with words on a page. You get to use your imagination, folks. I occasionally read books with just words on page. You know, I mean, my, primarily my reading is mostly done in comic book form. Which but, is fun. You know, I, you know, but it's because I spend a lot of money on comic books each week. Yeah. So. And I have three yeah, like short boxes full of comics. So there you go. You're welcome. Oh, so you see, you got some catching up to do yourself there. So, I do. Uh, well, as a wrapping up this show here, we're going to close out with a word from our sponsors, Comic Books for Kids, because they're we're not an actual sponsor, but we're partners with them because it's a good thing here. But you guys have yourselves a tremendous weekend. Uh, go out see Evil Dead Rise because that's in theaters right now, and it's crazy bonkers, awesome. Uh, yeah, go check that out. And then next weekend, Guardians Three, free comic book day. Uh, lots of excitement going on. So go and be geekery. Uh, Titans, new episode of Titans just came out too. So yeah, lots of good stuff. So go enjoy and you all have yourselves a wonderful time. And we'll see you next time on the Fanatic Forum. This is the way. Comic Books for Kids provides comic books to kids in hospitals and cancer centers across the U.S. It's a place where we can all work together to make sure every child has a comic book. 100% of all proceeds go towards the kids. It's about making a difference, and while they're in the hospital, allowing them to fly like a superhero, battle dragons, or rescue teddy bears. We are in every state in the country and now support over 160 hospitals. Every month, we add more. Visit cb4k.org.